Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 47 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. The first piece is absolute and admits of no degree. The second, which flows thence, both in respect of peace of conscience and in respect of good agreement of the powers and faculties of man within themselves and of freedom from assaults and molestations, either of Satan from without or from lusts within, is not absolute, but admits of several degrees. In the life to come, this latter peace shall be perfect, for then all believers shall be perfectly freed from all trouble of conscience and from all molestation by temptations. Their victory shall be complete, but in this life their peace is but imperfect. It is true for substance, but is more or less as the light they have received is more clear or dim, and as grace in them is more strong or more weak. For although man's justification is absolute and admits not of degrees, yet the assurance of it, whereby a man has peace of conscience, is more or less according to the measure of his clear sight of Christ's love and evidence of his faith. Hence it is that the dear children of God have interruptions and intermissions in their peace, have sometimes much peace, sometimes little or no peace, according as they have intermissions in their assurance of God's favor. Thus it was with David and Asaph. Sometimes his heart was quiet and his spirit was glad in assurance that his soul should rest in hope. Psalm 16, 9. At other times, his soul was cast down and disquieted in him. Psalm 42, 11. Thinking that he was cast out of God's sight. Psalm 31, 22, fearing that God would show no more favor. Psalm 77, 7. Yea, he was so perplexed that he did almost faint, and his eyes failed with waiting for God. Psalm 69, 3. For since the best assurance of believers is exercised, With combating against doubting, their truest and best peace must needs be assaulted with disquiet. And as it is with a ship at anchor, so is the most stable peace of a Christian in this life. Who has his hope as an anchor of his soul, sure and steadfast. Hebrews 11, 19. Who though... He cannot make utter shipwreck, yet he may be grievously tossed 
and affrighted with the waves and billows of manifold temptations and fears. Likewise, though peace of sanctification be true, yet it must needs be more or less, according as any man grows or decreases in holiness, and as God shall please to restrain his spiritual enemies, or give power to subdue them, more or less. Now, the peace of God, both in him to man, and from him manifested and wrought in man, does pass all understanding, and serves to keep the heart and mind of him that walks with God and rests on him through Christ. This peace it is which you must seek for and embrace in believing, and if you would have true comfort and tranquility in your mind, labor especially to get and keep the peace of a good conscience, which seems to be the peace that is chiefly, though not only, intended in this text. Section 2. Further Excellencies of the Peace of God. That you may be induced with all diligence and earnestness to seek after this blessed peace and may better perceive that this peace of God for worth and use passes all understanding. Take these reasons in particular. First, that must needs be an excellent peace which God will please to take into his holy title calling himself the God of peace, Hebrews 13, 20, calling Christ the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. Secondly, that peace must needs be of infinite value, passing all understanding, for which Christ gave himself, paying the price of his own most precious blood for it, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Thirdly, this peace cannot but pass all understanding because the cause from whence it comes, namely Christ's love, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, and the effect which it works, namely joy in the Holy Ghost, 1 Peter 1, 8, do as the apostles affirm, pass knowledge and are unspeakable. Fourthly, this peace was that first congratulation wherewith the holy angels saluted the church at Christ's birth, giving her joy in her newborn husband and savior, Luke 2, 10, 11, 14. And it was that special legacy which Christ Jesus did bequeath to his church, leaving that as the best token of his love to it a little before his death, saying, My peace I leave with you, John fourteen twenty-seven. Fifthly, 
This piece is one of the principal parts of the kingdom of God, which consists, as the apostle says, of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14:17. Sixthly, by as much as the evils and mischiefs that come to a man by having God to be his enemy, which draws upon him God's wrath, justice, power, and all God's creatures to be against him. And by as much as the grievous and intolerable anguish of the wounded spirit passes understanding. By so much, the peace of God, which frees him from all these, must of necessity pass all understanding. Proverbs eighteen fourteen. Now that it is a fearful thing to have God to be an enemy, it is said, He is a consuming fire. Hebrews twelve twenty nine. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews ten twenty one. It appears likewise by Christ's compassion and grief for Jerusalem, who neglected the time of making and accepting of peace with God. For he wept over it and said, Luke 19.42, If thou hadst known, even now, at least in this thy day, the things which belong to thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. But what it is to have God to be an enemy is seen most fully by Christ's trouble and grief in his passion and agony in the garden and in the extremity of his conflict with God's wrath on the cross, which God showed himself to be an enemy and did for man's sin pour on him the fierceness of his wrath. It made him, though he was God, being man, to sweat for very anguish, as it were drops of blood, Luke twenty-two forty-four, and to cry, If it be possible, let this cup pass, Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine, and My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46. Moreover, if you do observe the complaints of such distressed souls that have had terror of conscience, if you have not had experience thereof in yourself, how that they were at their wits' end, pricked at heart, as it were with the point of a spear or sting of a serpent, Acts 2.37. Pained, like men whose bones are broken and out of joint, Psalm 51.8, making them to roar and to consume their spirits for very heaviness, Psalm 32.4. Then you will say that peace of conscience does pass all understanding. 
Seventhly, when God and a man's own conscience are for him, and God's grace in some good measure has subdued sin and Satan in him, this brings with it assurance that all other things whose peace are worth having are also at peace with him. Hosea 2, 18-20 For if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31-32 This peace must of necessity bring with it all things which will make us happy, even all things which pertain to life, godliness, and glory. Second Peter 1, 3 Lastly, Consider this, that as the worth and sense of peace with God is unutterable and inconceivable, so the time of it is indeterminable. It is everlasting and has no end. Isaiah 9-7 Compare this with the former, and it cannot be denied but that the peace of God does every way pass understanding. This concludes episode 47 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.